You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Oz Network, uh, everyone's favourite podcast that is not covering the island. Uh, not just yet, anyway, but I will continue to mention it until we've covered it, um, or until it gets renewed. God damn it! Bring back the island. Um, no, I don't. Was it cancelled? I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, we are back for another episode of Lost. Whew, so close to the end of season four. Um, season three, you may have heard both of us get quite depressed during that season. It was a, a long, long period. This one feels like we just started it um, and we're about to end it. This is the setup episode for the finale Um which is just crazy to think. Uh, this episode is titled Cabin Fever. Um, it aired on May 8, 2008, uh, written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and the Kyle Pennington. Oh, finally. I was waiting for this uh, episode. I knew he was involved. Do you remember him? Oh, like he, he... I look up to few people in my life, but he would have to be up there as one of them. Uh, Kyle Pennington, um, and directed by the Paul Edwards. Um, Overrated. My name is Noah, and Ben, which podcast already belongs to you? And my name is Ben, and I like boxing and fishing and cars and sports. (laughs) I like that scene of, I'm a man. (laughs) What is this, like the 70s or whatever? Like, I like boxing and... (laughs) Fishing and cars and sports and shit. I like banging girls and guns. <laughs> oh god! It is the epitome of I like. Although, like, I mean, I like fishing too, but like, uh, I get the boxing in the cars. Fishing. Uh, I, I mean, fishing. You know, fishing. <laughs> I guess it's a manly thing. I haven't been fishing in a long time. I, I, I like some cars. I like I, fishing. I like sport. Um, and I know more about boxing now that I worked boxing at the Commonwealth Games compared to what I did before I did. So, yep. You're a man? I, I'm a mighty fine man. I like fishing. <laughs> I don't don't know much about boxing, but I do like the Rocky film. Never seen it. Uh, cars? Nah, I can pass on cars. Not your favourite Pixar nah, movie? Would... Sports? Uh, I used to play hockey. Um, I can't imagine you playing hockey. I'm a half man. <laughs> oh, half field. Oh, okay. You played the good one. <laughs> I meant because I like fishing and rocky, but anyway. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> just yep. Uh, I was right wing, which I was wrong wing. Stupid coach, because I was very unfit, very fat. 13-year-old who could not run back and forth, back and forth like a right wing should. I was goalkeeper uh, so... for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I should have been. Actually, in all fairness, I, I, I was a field player. Then in my second year of club, basically, we got three games in and no one had, we didn't have a goalkeeper. So we're getting beaten like 30 nil every week. And basically, my dad was a goalie, had some equipment, was like, Ben, getting the goals. Um, we lost 15 nil, but somehow I got best on ground. How do I get best on ground when I let 15 <laughs> goals in? Like, 
what sort of voting Did system you? did we add in that competition? You let 15 goals in. Yeah. Appar- apparently, at the end of the day, I stopped, like, more, but, like, I let 15 goals in. Like. Your life was going so good up until that moment. Clearly, I that was a successful everything. goalkeeper, hence why I'm podcasting right now about Lost rather than playing in the Olympics <laughs> or something. You should have went to science camp and see. <laughs> Oh, God. Do you think this episode holds up in today's society with <laughs> some guy <laughs> telling him, oh, people like you can't... Don't tell me what I can't do. Oh, yeah. God, that teacher would be fired for telling him he can't do that. Yep. Yep. But also, everyone's going to science camp nowadays, aren't they? Oh, Isn't... N- nerds are in. Sci- science camp, that's where they're, all the chicks are going. Like, this is... <laughs> I'm a man. I like science and <laughs> books and... <laughs> You know, Anime. When I was a kid, I liked sport. That's who I was. I like cosplaying. <laughs> Some people just can't be into cosplay and geek things. Some people are athletic and buff and go to the Olympics. And that's okay. Yeah. So, uh, based on based on Locke's, Locke's uh, method, I think we're both half men. Um, <laughs> Hockey Which is, is okay fun, in 2019. That's okay to be a half man. It's not the not the 60s. That's one of the. It's okay 20, to go to science. One of the 20 genders, isn't it? Half men, like you know. Yeah, but you can you can enjoy science. You can enjoy boxing. Uh, does anyone watch boxing these? Days? I mean, there was plenty of support when I worked it. So you know, yeah, the richest athlete in the world, the boxer. I mean, admittedly, he fights like once every three years and gets paid $150 million to do it. That's why he's so rich. So good for him. I, I If I could get paid $150 million to work once every three years and punch people, like, yeah, I'm going to box. Bring back Rocky. <laughs> um, what, do, what are your thoughts on cabin fever? Uh, I don't mind it. I, 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 I always enjoy a lock episode. And I f- Is this our first lock episode this season? Yeah. I feel like it's been a while since we've had lock. And, like, lock was a bit skew-if last season, wasn't he? So, um, and, like, I, I sort of mentioned at the end of last episode that kind of the, the last few moments just floor you with the what the hell. And I think kind of we're really amping that up in the next few weeks. So I, I like it. And kind of in hindsight, I think this episode holds up even better now because we know the whole moving of the island and everything that happens with it. So, But I, there are a few little niggly things where it's like, you know, they go, they go a long way out of the way to try and be like, oh, Locke's so special. You know, Richard Alpert visited him as a five-year-old and stuff like that. But um, mm. I will say that this a lot of these flashback scenes work a lot better in chronologically lost for obvious reasons. Um, but I, can we also just point out, this is a sad episode for us too, Noah, because we're going to lose our favorite. We, we're we're going to lose, oh, yeah. we're going to lose a beloved person on this show in this episode. So, um, yeah, but yeah. And Very I, soon. I also like, uh, Kimi is great this episode too. Cause again, just really, showing up the absolute dickness of him. Is he, like, the absolute most dickish villain on this show? Like, I know Ben's a dickish yeah, villain. But, he is great. But Ben has redeeming qualities, you know. Even the man in black sort of does. <laughs> so, but, like, but like Kimi has no redeeming qualities, and that's what makes a great villain. I mean, Ben's a great villain. We know what makes him a great villain. But, like, 
you dislike someone so much based purely on themselves. And yeah, Kimi's great this episode. You're not getting Kimi back on your side. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, this is probably Kimi's shining episode. Maybe the finale too. Um, yeah, Cabin Fever. I don't find the flashbacks overly super interesting, but what else can you do with Locke's character at this point? Um, but the purpose of this episode is to set up the finale, and that's what it does very successfully. I think it moves all the chess pieces in place so everyone's where they need to be come the finale. Um, so I think it really succeeds at that. It really makes you amped up for what's going to come in the big epic finale like we know Lost always does. Uh, so in that way, I think Kevin Fever does succeed quite well. Um, but the flashback, I guess we've kind of seen a flashback format like this with Charlie, where it's kind of like five or four unrelated stories connected by, by Locke. Um, but the first one is it's in the fifties and we've got Buddy Holly on the radio playing and got young girl dancing around. Um, and we learned that this young girl is Emily and her mom. Who, who really she's the villain we thought Kimi was bad this mum is horrible but um Emily's mum is getting mad and say are you going out with him again uh this is where Emily is running out into the rain away from her mum gets hit by a car oh no uh, Claire was driving um lost ends right there that's it yeah, that's it. No no special law. She dies uh, at the end. But she, she's in the hospital. She tells him, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm almost six months pregnant. Uh, and then she's being dragged away. And she says, you've got to name the baby John. <laughs> Which I, I get this is our, like, in of uh, the lock episode. But I, I hate kind of forced dialogues like that in in shows just to so the viewer knows, oh, they're talking about Locke. Like, oh, like, why would she be screaming? You have to name it John. You have to name him Kimi. <laughs> it's a Kimi flashback episode. <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, I'd be down uh, with that. Uh, yeah, so so Emily, she's been hit, but she's going to give premature birth to Locke. Um. But there is a dad, unlike when she told him he was like Anakin and he was immaculately conceived. <laughs> Shmi. Um, She's the Shmi of Lost. It is kind of cool, though, to think, though, that in season one we've seen this girl all grown up as a weird, deranged woman in the parking lot. Mm. Like, that's Emily Locke. So um, how old is Anthony Cooper then when he's like, oh, he's much older? Like... Yeah, I guess he's in his seventies. Jesus, I feel like the the timeline of the 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 characters in this dysfunctional family is a bit off. <laughs> yeah, I guess Locke's in his fifties. Anthony Cooper's now in his seventies, and I guess she's in her what late sixties. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, so later they're in the hospital and they're looking at Locke, baby Locke. Um, never thought we'd see Baby Lock in this show, but I'm I'm not sad about it. It's it's about uh, time. Yeah, uh, the lost baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> spin off we all 
want. <laughs> so uh, uh, they found out he's the youngest premature baby to ever survive, and the mum's being a bitch. And, like, mm. um, and they're they're basically saying, "Well, we can't keep you can't keep him, or I can't I can't be a mum. She's running out. I can't do this." Uh, and uh, Locke's grandmother. Who do we talk to about adoption? Right? <laughs> Um, she's so awful. Then lights up a fucking ciggy. Um, <laughs> that was the fifties, innocent times. There's <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Locke's so puts screwed it, in puts the head. smoke in Locke's mouth. <laughs> Here you go, Gummy Joe. <laughs> literally Gummy Joe. He is absolutely literally Gummy Joe. He's got no team. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then. This is kind of cool end to the kind of hospital thing of creepily peering in to the window where they are. The nurse says, oh, is this the father? Like, no, she doesn't know who that is. And we, we see dun, 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 Richard Alpert, which is... What if they said yes, pretty good. the father? There's Richard Alpert. <laughs> plot, plot twist. Having a ziggy. But that's, that's a pretty, uh, pretty shocking kind of like, what, Richard... Um, it's been a while since we've had Richard on the show and his makeup, and we can thank we can thank the writer strike for even having Richard Alpert as a long term character because he was on a show, so he was pretty much done with Lost. Like they couldn't really have him in in the show much, but because of the writer strike and all that nonsense, his show got cancelled, and hence we got a lot of Richard in season five and six. So yay. Praise the writer's strike for Richard Alpert. One of the best episodes of all time, too. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have had that if we didn't have a, a writer's strike. And Nesta Carbon, uh, what a man. Just, just... Yeah, he's great. Love him. Don't don't give him makeup wipes. <laughs> I know uh, we say this all the time. I just want to get him on the show and be a dick and ask him again. So, you wearing any eyeliner today, Nesta? Oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> Miss, Mrs... Mrs. Locke theories. When she sees Richard Albert, her facial expression reveals, in fact, she does know who he is, but she's lying. Oh! Does it? Uh, oh, here we go. Locke's grandma is a relative of Charlotte Lewis. God. I... <laughs> Due to the physical qualities that were looked for in the casting call. What? <laughs> I don't think casting calls are canon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, apparently Charlotte and uh, Locke's grandma are related. Yes, yeah, so um, Sawyer and Jack are related because they both were looking for Caucasian males. Men. Yeah, <laughs> men. Uh, the the nurse that uh, helped casting call was described as Susie. <laughs> Susie. <laughs> That's it. She tries to help. Yeah, there's not much for a nurse. Um, so anyway, moving on, we're into 1961 here now, and we have little little toddler toddler lock. Um, toddler good lock. casting, bad casting for a toddler lock. I mean, he's got hair. It's a bad casting. <laughs> he's not bald. Lock's enough. always bald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if he had the lockmobile at this point or not. <laughs> the little buggy. Oh, <laughs> baby lock. 
so he's in there being poor loner in his foster home, playing backgammon. Uh, and we have his foster sister, Melissa. Is this the one that died on the monkey bars? Oh, I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, Do you remember? Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> vaguely. Uh, Jeannie was the sister that died on the oh. monkey bars. But we don't know if she, Melissa is related because he was in lots of foster homes. Justice for Melissa. Genie. Genie. <laughs> Tattoo. Genie died. Jeannie. Melissa might still be alive. Not the oh, rest. Oh, the theories for Melissa. She's a bit of a cow, let's be honest. Like smashing poor Locke's game off the table. <laughs> she is a bit of a cow. <laughs> but here's the theories for Melissa, who smashed the backgammon. <laughs> Melissa was the dog who came to live in the foster home. <laughs> What? Why is the dog up with the monkey bars? Uh, do you remember when uh, he tells the story about Genie oh, dying and then yeah, the dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pictures his this... dog on the monkey bars, going, "What the hell does that work?" Theory is saying that Locke's sister in this episode is a dog. <laughs> well, that's the only physical way dog. she interacts. Was to disrupt the game. Dogs do that. <laughs> Thanks, Lostpedia, <laughs> on your expert dog knowledge. Did you know <laughs> dogs destroy video <laughs> board games? Dogs do that. Dogs do that. <laughs> this week on dogsdothat.com. Yeah, that's a show. Dogs do that. With Gary Sweet. <laughs> what was Michael Emerson's dog called? Muffy or something like that? Oh. <laughs> That would be in Dogs Do That. Muffy. Uh, but here it's saying Melissa was portrayed as a person in the episode because the young Locke saw her as a person when, in fact, she was actually the dog. <laughs> because young Locke is a person. Oh, my God. Lostpedia. Somebody's been smoking pot on Lostpedia. <laughs> Lostpedia. You're using this girl is not a dog. They're the most special <laughs> people on this planet. Like, just bless your cotton little socks, Lost Petey, for existing. I just, I'm so this glad. Theory. <laughs> oh my god. I honestly I've thought seen... Survivor Wiki was like had some of the most unique users in the world, but no, Lost Petey takes the cake. I've seen some wacky movie theories, TV theories over time. There's all these well-known ones. Melissa was a dog. Because <laughs> dogs do that. Because dogs knock backgammon off the table. <laughs> Locke was seeing her person. It's a game of good That's and evil. That's out there. Oh. But she is a bitch, though. She like, is. Poor Locke. No wonder he ended up so sad later in life. Is that a terrible um, childhood? His foster mother, Florence. <laughs> Let me look on the theory. She was a cat. Um... <laughs> She was the cat that was in the Saeed episode. <laughs> no theories for Florence. Um, Florence, during the casting call, she was described as Florence. <laughs> <laughs> From Florence. <laughs> um, uh, so Florence scolds Melissa the dog and tells Locke that there's a man to see her and that he needs to be good. Uh, the man that comes in is Richard Alpert which is, again, mysterious. He walks in, and we're thinking, what the hell? Albert visited Locke before he was on the island. Now, you were criticising this scene, and I don't know whether or not to talk about this now or whether or not to just say to you, just you wait a moment. Remind me. What have I done wrong now? (laughs) 
oh, I could be dragging this on for the next eight episodes. In episode, and I'm going to say it did take me a good five or six uh, watches of Lost. I think it was the chronological Lost that actually made me realize this. Locke gives Richard Alpert a compass while they're traveling through time during Mm -hmm. season five. Yeah. And he says, well, you take this compass and show it to me uh, uh, and say that I gave this to you. This belongs to me. Uh, so later, uh, this guy is time travel. This guy is special. So Richard visits the mainland with this compass. So when he says to Locke, which of these belongs to you? When we're watching this the first time, we're thinking, well, the knife. He's the hunter. But also, what a weird question, Richard. Um, Locke gave the compass. The compass that is on Locke's table right now was given to Richard by Locke. Uh, and it is pretty mental to think that this is a random ass scene that you, later will have such a subtle payoff. Well, actually, I think actually that you have completely refreshed my memory because I think when I mentioned before that this chronologically lost was better because I think that just follows this straight away. Like, so that's maybe where I was I think, thinking yeah. of. I definitely knew there was a moment from this that like had a huge payoff when you watched it chronologically. So that yeah, now, now that you say that. I completely know what you're talking about. Yep. I think, honestly, I'm a big fan of the show. It was, I think, not until I watched Chronological Lost that I put two and two. Ah, it's the compass that Locke will give to him in about seven or so episodes' time. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Richard is saying, which belongs to you, that compass literally does belong to Locke, but it's a future Locke. Uh, and it's such a subtle payoff that, it took me a good few watches, but it's so rewarding when you do put two and two together of, ah, oh, that is Locke's compass. Because otherwise it's such a weird question. What does he mean by what belongs to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously he thinks Locke, he thinks Locke is special because he's seen Locke time travel and he knows all these things about the future. Uh, so he's thinking, oh, this guy is really important. But then he goes to see Baby Lock and is disappointed. Oh, well, maybe this guy isn't as special as we thought. Um, it's only a matter of time. Uh, but yeah, he shows Lock. What is it? The compass, the knife, the comic book. There's one or two other pieces I can't remember. Um, uh, the Book of Laws. Um, <laughs> And then, which belongs to you? And then, baby lock. To keep? No, not to keep. <laughs> which, which of these do you... Or, can you imagine being five and having a random-ass man walk in and lay on these things? Which do you already own? What? Um, but, obviously, <laughs> oh, we're thinking... Oh, he picks up the compass for a minute, but then he picks up the knife, and we're thinking, oh, that's correct, because Locke's the hunter. So when when Richard gets angry and leaves, and yeah, it's not very like, angry Richard too. Like, <laughs> sorry, I flew all the way from Ireland to get there. <laughs> Ireland <laughs> from Ireland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so as viewers, we're very confused because because uh, uh, we're thinking, well, it should be the knife. Uh, he storms out. Sorry, he's not what we're looking for. Then Florence comes in. What the hell did you do? What did you do wrong? 
Um, That's how I imagine Survivor casting works. Because, like, you know, Richard Alpert is Jeff Probst. So, like, walks in the room, you know, sees... Belongs. Like, no, that's not what we're looking for. Bye. (laughs) Storms out. Uh, Yeah, so in hindsight, I actually think it's a really cool scene, uh, which has a great payoff. Um, But we'll we'll keep an eye out. Let's track, track the chronology of the compass next season. Because from memory, is it Richard that gives him the compass in the first place mm. or is it ethan i can't remember but basically the, the compass is in a time loop and there's no kind of origin for the compass and i kind of the geek in me loves that kind of note but um let's let's track that next season um so moving on we're in 1972 now i hate teenage lock <laughs> he deserves to be in the locker <laughs> lock in the locker <laughs> Well, that's why they did it. Just just in the name. Poor Tina. What's wrong with Teenage Lock? He's a wimp. Well, yes, that's the point. He's annoying. Don't tell me what I can do. Well, like, you were a wimp. I'm not going to science camp. <laughs> I like... Don't you know that science camp is a real... Shit. <laughs> I like... What? I like... I thought you said I like porn and shit. Well, yeah, and sport. <laughs> I'm a man. Men like porn. I, yeah, but he's getting bullied, which John Locke has just had. I know we said that Michael has had a sad life, but John Locke's had a damn sad life as well. Um, yeah, so so Locke is pretty much just getting bullied like crazy because he's a nerd. Uh, and this is a cool kind of scene where the teacher... Um, t- Brings Locke into his office and says, well, we got a call from Portland. Do you remember, Ben? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a city in America, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and on behalf of Middleos Laboratory, wink, wink, um, and they're interested in Locke, which I like. Do you like the general plot of this flashback that the others have been tracking Locke for his whole life, or do you think that's too much? Well, that's what I was saying before. Like, it's... I don't know. I I have mixed... I I probably think it's a little bit too much because I kind of like Locke. Well, I mean, then I guess the argument is, well, he kind of is told to go and walk about by the orderly dude, isn't he? So it's kind of like... But I I don't know. I, I like Locke having this shit life and all of a sudden put on an island. Like, it's... Why does it take them so long to get him out there? If he's that special. I like it only because of the time travel stuff. Mm. I I think the fact that this man came to Richard in the 50s, uh, claiming to be from the future and proving that he knows all this stuff. So not so much that maybe Jacob told them that they were special, but on their own, the others are thinking, well, this guy showed up time traveling like what the hell is going on so if there was no time travel involved and they just were tracking him the whole time it would be a bit random but the fact that Locke has actually visited them before all of this it kind of makes sense that richard would be visiting throughout his life true yeah no you're right uh the the science teacher is gellert but there's no no trivia for him. How is there trivia like on what's-a-name in the last episode, but not fucking... 
for Gellert. Gellert. Uh, Sounds like something you. Oh, cook he on. was in an episode of the X Files. <laughs> so was everyone. Everyone. <laughs> like went uh, on for long enough. But uh, yeah, he said he's speaking with a Doctor Alper, um, and Locke's getting all shitty at Gellert. I'm not a scientist. I like fishing. Uh, well, but you can do this. Don't tell me what I can't do. Oh, what does he say? Like, you can't be like the other kids. You can't be a superhero. What a dick. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it's, it's pretty harsh from Gellert. But, but he's like, got a point. But okay, You'll well, never be a Jack. I understand that. Like, I understand that he has a point and he's technically correct. But, like, as a boy... You don't say it. You don't, like, exactly. Like, I never tell you what I think of you. Um... That simple. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> exactly. I'm deeply in love with you. But it's... <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. But, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Like, okay, I knew a teacher and they... Well, I've known more than one teacher, actually. I went to school. But, <laughs> like, in my adult life, I have known teachers who will tell you stories of, like, shithead kids that annoy the crap out of them. Yet... They're not going to turn around and say that to the kid's face. They're like, oh, little Jimmy, you're such a bright student. And in the future, if you just put your mind down to it a little bit, you do great. Like parent-teacher night. But and sit down with Jimmy's parents, you know, Flo and George. Like, your, your kid's a little shit. He's not going to amount to anything. Like, he's not going to be a superhero or Matthew Fox. You know, he's going to rob a bank <laughs> and get addicted to meth. Like, it's not going to happen. But they want to say it. What was the point of me well, saying well, all this sort of stuff? At the end of the day, this guy's a dick to Lockie. Let's not ignore the compass in the room here. I am a teacher. Oh, shit. Yes, you are too. <laughs> See? I know, I know teachers. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't think I would tell any student here that they couldn't be a superhero, but I also don't think they would understand me anyway. In all fairness, what what teacher... Okay, superhero, yeah, probably get away with that. Like, I'm going to grow up and be Iron Man. Like, no, you're not. Like, yes, I am. No, you're not. You can't be like the other boys. I'm going to be the Incredible Hulk. No, you're not. (laughs) I'm like, that's fair enough. But, like, don't tell him he can't be the prom king. Like, I saw all those late 90s and early 2000s movies where they said all those types of people can do things like that. I did tell some students the other day that they were embarrassing, but I don't think they understood me. So you can walk into that classroom like, you're all a bunch of little shits, and they'll be like, huh? Well, the other day, uh, one student was destroying my eraser for the, for the whiteboard, ripping it apart. So I went and pretended to go, <laughs> well, hold on, this is fair. How old is this kid? You walk in and then he's probably 12, 13. Why is he just destroying your Ah, that's a great question. I'd love to know the answer. So I I I walked over to his bag and and pretended to um to zip open his bag. (laughs) Pretend (laughs) This is not unjust. Pretended to go through his bag. And pretended to pull out his an imaginary razor, a razor. 
and said, well, w- would it be okay if I started going and getting your eraser and tearing it apart? That kid had no idea what I was saying. He is thinking, why is this teacher pretending to go into my bag? And that's as far as my lecture went towards that kid. I just imagine you getting this kid's bag while he's like, with an eraser. And just like dumping his bag out the table. (laughs) You can't be Matthew Fox. I just, what, what is going through the mind of the kid sitting around going like, I'm bored, where's my teacher? Oh, I know, I'm going to get a eraser What's so Yeah, I, I would love to know. So I, I said, would it be okay to destroy your eraser? Because you seem to have no problem destroying my eraser. Can you like didn't understand a word? I said. Can you dob him into the principal or something like that? Like, I just need to learn better Korean. How do you even teach classes if they don't know what you're saying? How does it work? I don't understand that. Like if I'm in school, I did French for two years. Clearly, it's gotten me far. But like if somebody walked into the room and was like Bonjour, Je m'appelle Danielle, blub 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 French, I'm just gonna be sitting there going, huh? What? Like, I'm, what are, what's the purpose of that? It's a great question, and it makes classroom management very difficult. But that's a conversation for another day. At the end of the day, All you I'm make money. I'm basically Geller. <laughs> I get paid. You get paid, and you get, like, live in another I country, and I'm get getting a kids to destroy your race. Yeah. I cost money. Did you go to Officeworks and get a new one? Well, I mean, it wasn't my eraser, but it still belongs to the Department of Education. And they're very strict with eraser damage in South Korea. Just ripped it apart. (laughs) Had to throw it out. I just don't... (laughs) There's a Channel 7 reality show in the mind of a Korean child. Why do they destroy an eraser? Film my classes. You've got hours of entertainment. None of this stupid, the real dirty dogs or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> anyway, the life of it. So, so when this teacher lashes out, I understand. <laughs> I want to say to some of these students, you can't be Matthew Fox. Um, but of course, I would never. Um, so then we jump from lame old wimpy Locke up to the year 2000 and wheelchair Locke. Uh, he's in the hospital. He's trying to walk the rehab center, um, but nothing's working. He's been told that he has ninety percent chance of having no feeling back ever in his legs. Uh, and later, the orderly, who's Matthew Abaddon, who we've met met a few times, uh, that Locke survived at a miracle, and that he needs to go on a walkabout. Which locks up. Well, I'm in a freaking wheelchair. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I actually really like Dick Locke in this scene. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty just from Locke. Um, Look at you. You became an orderly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you, do you think it takes away from that powerful moment in episode four where Locke wheels out, don't tell me what I can't do, the fact that he's been told to go on a walkabout, or do you think it just leads into this whole destiny kind of conversation? Well, that kind of leads back into my point before. I was saying, like, I maybe wasn't a huge fan of that 
but then yeah it makes sense when you explain a little bit more and obviously my memory's not fantastic about all that sort of stuff but um i mean it's it's kind of one of these things that you feel needs an explanation because it's like you know we remember him on the like hey helen i did it i bought two tickets to australia like you know i've been talking about it for ages it's kind of like well <laughs> what brought about this idea like it's kind of it is a thing that you i feel does need explanation like it's not like hans Solo's dice like oh i really need to see what happens to that where did they come from um so yeah i i'm fine with it i think it's it's a valid thing that we should learn about i like this better than Jacob showing up after Jack's counting to five story. Um, if we're ever going to retcon kind of something, I don't really like that Jacob was there during that moment. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that in the season five finale. Um, jumping ahead a bit. Yeah, so Matthew, I like Abaddon like, wheeling him up to the stairs. Like, what are you going to do, cripple? <laughs> <laughs> It is. He's like, oh, no, no, like, what a terrible orderly. I know he's not really the orderly, I guess, but wheeling him up to the stairs and making it seem like he's about to fall down and poor Locke, oh, I just want to go back to my room. <laughs> I do um, wonder, though, like, I'm not trying to be a dick, like, because I guess miracles happen, but if he's got a 95% chance of never walking again, why do they bother with this sort of therapy? Oh, <laughs> Keep hope alive to all those people who are currently sitting on their hospital bed listening to our podcast. No one's listening to us in their hospital bed. I mean, put in hospital if they're listening to us. <laughs> Touche. Um, but he says to Locke after the walkabout uh, uh, that when, when they meet again that Locke owes him one. And actually, these two will meet again in the future. Stay tuned for season five of Lost. Um. Yeah, so that's the Locke flashback. It's a bit of a different one, but I kind of like this. There's not much... We don't need to see Locke on a weed farm again, so I kind of like this uh, flash of Locke's kind of entire life and showing how he was, uh, like, involved with the others and really playing into the whole destiny thing of Locke's character. I guess the only thing I would have liked is maybe one scene with Helen coming back because it's been a while since we've had TV's Katie Seagal. Does but... she come back? Uh, yeah, in the flash sideways. Um, yeah, uh, I, I like it as a change. Obviously, we can't have a lock flash forward, and I, it, I think it probably works better than just a typical old lock flashback. I forget that you still do randomly have the the flashbacks this season, but yeah, like as you said before, it's kind of like a greatest hit thing, and yeah, I, I appreciate it. I like it. As I said, I always like a good lock flashback, and um, you know, it, it makes sense in the grand scheme of things with everything too, but. Um, yeah, when you put it into context with some of those other bits, and as I said, it's a real um, good one to have on the chronological loss as well. So, um, yeah, no, I, I like it. It's, it's. I mean, it's better than last week, but uh, I, yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> uh, and you, you seem to be more pro Teenage Lock than I am. I hate uh, Look, I, I just don't see the issue with him. He's, he's, I feel bad for him. That was me in high school. I, I mean, I was never shoved in our locker our lockers are about you know a meter high but like um, I mean, yeah i feel like i want to be one of the bullies and shove him in oh, He's annoying. Jesus Christ. what was snug high like <laughs> it was just me so i had to be the bully, and <laughs> yeah, the bully. you bashed yourself every single day you're fucking dead groves 
into the locker. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's move to 2004, or are we uh, 2005 now, or maybe the uh, end of near New Year's Eve. Has New Year's Eve happened? Um, uh, do you want to go to the boat, or do you want to go on the island? I want to go on the island. Choose your own the, adventure. The boat lasts, because we need to eulogize the greatest character that isn't Boone. The Doctor? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Doc. Uh, so on the, on the island, uh, there's only a short bit with old Jackass and that gang, because there's only so much appendicitis scenes we can have. Um, but Jack's recovering. Uh, Juliet scolds him for being out. Um, I hate that. Doctors make the work patient. Yeah, some mild doctor-patient flirting. Um, yeah, that is a bad line from Juliet. <laughs> uh, this is when they hear the helicopter going over and they watch as the chopper flies above them and a package is dropped. Uh, they open up and find the sat, sat phone which is tracking the helicopter, Jack says, I think they want us to follow them. Pure setup for next finale. It's um, it's great. I actually really like that. I mean, do we see the scene of Lapidus pushing that out of the helicopter? Uh, I don't think so. Because how does he get away with that? <laughs> like, he's got... Hey, hey guys, Kimmy, what, look at that over there. <laughs> what? what was it? Look, it's somebody you can shoot. <laughs> is that Boone? <laughs> That makes anyone look. Hashtag recycle for Boone. <laughs> recycle for Boone. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was nice to see in the past week all the hashtags oh, that we got. All those uh, interviews uh, you and I People did. getting behind the court. I can't believe we got flown to, like, um, you know, Stephen Colbert <laughs> to be interviewed next to Ian Summerholder. Like, God. And that speech you gave at the UN General Assembly. How dare you? How dare you don't recycle for Boone? You liked that one, did you? It was good. It was much better than that oh, Swedish thanks. chick. <laughs> uh, the some of the signs I've seen from around the world, oh. the in the Middle East they're getting behind it. Uh, Europe, Asia. I can't believe they renamed uh, that um, stadium. Hashtag recycle for Boone Stadium. Like wow. Yeah. So what a difference a week can make. I know, and we're just so calm and relaxed about. It. We're just we're just average Joes. Yeah, we just go back, back to our job. Recording an episode. We got offered millions of dollars. We we off got offered to like be. The the mm. company spokespeople alongside Ian Summerholder, but we we're simple men. We don't need we're that humble. sort of stuff. We just go back to our lives in insert name of town that you're from in Korea and in Invercargill, New Zealand. The the dream destinations for both of us. Yeah, we're more Gary Sweet than yeah. Gary Glitter. I was going to say Gary Sinise, but let's go with the guy who got <laughs> didn't he get like sent in jail for kitty porn or something? Gary Glitter. Oh really? Well, we're more. <laughs> We're more Gary Sweet than Gary Sinise. Yeah. Gary Mind Oldman. you, though, in the next week or so, who knows what's going to happen to Gary Sinise. Yeah, Gary Oldman. <laughs> there's a man who wouldn't do anything wrong. What a man. Cat- Hang on a minute. We're more Sorry. Gary Sweet than Gary no, uh, Oldman. No, 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 no. Incorrect. Incorrect. Academy Award winner, Gary Oldman. Yeah. What about Gary Newman? Uh, I mean, here in my car, I feel safest of all, but, like, you know. That's right, a great Gary song. I-, I hear you. Gary Oldman. I'm glad somebody does hear me. If somebody listened to the show, they'd also hear me. But yeah. but we're humble. But keep it keep it going. This is just the beginning. Hashtag recycle for Boone. It's going places. This is just all of that was just the beginning. And I was so pleasantly surprised to see Ian Summerholder announcing his candidacy for president next year. So yeah, um, which yeah. I think he's in for a shot. Guaranteed winner. 
Yeah. Providing Michael Emerson doesn't also announce his candidacy, then I think he's in for a shot. But remember Michael Emerson, just too good for the presidency. Like, just, yeah. you know, make Boone great again. What a slogan. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be, we'll be tracking to see what happens, but I have good feelings. It's only up from here. Um, hashtag recycle for Boone. Yeah. Does anyone does anyone have some recycling? <laughs> just, um, <laughs> do you reckon I could just go knock on the door next door and it's like <laughs> recycling for Boone? <laughs> With a t-shirt. Do you does think if we have made a t-shirt and took a photo of each other and then like sent it to Ian Summerholder, he would be like, "Oh, <laughs> recycle for Boone." With this a is picture how of him, revolutions begin. A picture of him next to him, you know that pen picture. <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're wearing our not pennies but uh, boat shirts, but soon we'll be wearing our Recycle for Boon shirts, um, which I have a not pennies boat shirt somewhere from years and years ago, and I wore it to school once, and a teacher came up to me, what is not pennies boat? <laughs> put me off for life. Was it Claire? Never wore it after that. <laughs> well, it's an Australian teacher. They all sound like Claire. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I never wore it after that. That put me off. You know when you see someone wearing like a clo- like piece of clothing you've got and you see them, you think they look shit and you never wear it again? I, I see that. I saw somebody the other day wearing like a shirt I own. I'm like, oh, that looks shit. I'm never wearing that t-shirt again. Was it you in the mirror? Yeah, it was actually. It's my reflection. <laughs> I saw someone the other day wearing that shirt that I own. <laughs> You're horrible to me. You- I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> It's true. I'm like the the bullies in the the high school. Yeah, you you are the loved guy. I used to be like the the one that people got behind. I was the happy go lucky kind of chilled out one, but I, I'm the bully now. <laughs> I was always the bullied and <laughs> well, still am. <laughs> not everything changes. <laughs> it's very traumatic for me. I, I, I wonder what it's like on when you and Colin are on a show together. It's mild flirting. Ah, things have <laughs> changed since I left the other, the double odds. How, how, how do you think he got twins? I mean, I visited him about a year ago, so, you know. Uh, I'm not going to get into the anatomy. This episode got <laughs> weird. Just get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the episode where Ben admits to fathering Colin's twins. Um, where are we? Uh, so, oh, oh, Ben. Ben, Ben, Ben. You said this episode got weird. Let's get on with it. Doug Hutchinson is back. Oh, God. <laughs> Known creepy, <laughs> creepy Doug Hutchinson. Knocked up any porn stars up- lately? 16-year-old, which doesn't this take on a weird meaning that he's building a log cabin getaway for his wife, which we know his wife is a 16-year-old. Again, this wasn't scripted. This was just like a... (laughs) I just can't watch any scene with him in it. I just can't do it. He married a 16-year-old. Yeah. Even I haven't done that. Not, not not by lack of trying, but um True. Yeah, I mean there's a vision of it's kind of a cool scene, but I when he's talking about building a log cabin for his wife, I just I can't do it. <laughs> um Yeah, but uh 
Locke wakes up to Horace cutting down the tree and he says, oh, my name's Horace. Um, Bit Obi-Wan. Hello there. <laughs> I, I, I do like this kind of vision, though. Um, and he says that, what does he say? Uh, to, he needs to find Horace. He needs to find himself to find Jacob. Uh, and then starts bleeding. And then the vision kind of starts again with the hello there. Um, General Kenobi. And and then Locke wakes up. And I love this. Michael Emerson. We missed him last week. Michael Emerson. I used to have dreams. It's just one line. And he just owns the entire season. Um, I used to have dreams too, Michael. It's all good. (laughs) We've all had dreams. Um, I like the scene. But I've got to get used to Doug Hutchinson because he's going to be in a lot of season five. But I mean, can you separate the art from the artist? Uh, I like I like the the vision scene. I still like American Beauty. I still like first five seasons of House of Cards. He married a sixteen year old. Kevin Sp- Well, he tried to, I, I guess, <laughs> but um, he got caught before he could marry him. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, uh, <laughs> he hasn't been convicted yet. Uh, I don't, yeah, uh, no comment. <laughs> um, so then this is where Locke is like, well, uh, we need to find Horace. So he leads them, all seeing, all knowing, all tracking Locke, where he knows where to go at all times. Takes him back to the grave where Ben was sh- uh, shot him. Starts jumping in, diving. And, oh, did you ever wonder what happened to the Dharma Initiative? He happened, um... Uh, so, so that's when, um, Locke's, Locke's searching for Horace, um, finds it and finds there's blueprints to the cavern and the map. Uh, and this is where I love this scene where Locke's saying, oh, Hurley, you should go back to the beach now. Hurley, what? You don't need me now that you've got your magic blueprints? And, uh, I'm not going through the jungle. I'm staying with you guys. I love Locke's, uh, Ben's. Yeah. Great, you actually made him think that it was his idea to stay. Yeah. And that I'm not you. I'm I'm so sad that the pilot proposed pilot of Locke of Michael Emerson and Terry O'Quinn as retired cops never got picked up. We the, needed that show. Better than Game of Thrones. That would be the next big hit. Um We need that show. It's, is it too late? Never, never um, too late. Mike, Michael Emerson will be 80 and, like, in a wheelchair and still be a better actor than 98% of people out there. First episode, they catch Doug Hutchinson. <laughs> and not, 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 the, not the character, the, <laughs> the actor. Um, so, so they're off to try and find the cabin again. Um, uh, and this is where they do find it. Um but Locke's the only one that wants to go in. I guess last time Ben was too scar- scarred from the help me. Um, and Ben's kind of giving up at this point. Uh, so Locke's, Locke's going to go in. Um, oh, and this Gummy is where we Joe. Get, yeah, Gummy Joe into the cabin. Um, and this is a great scene, but two, two weeks worth of uh, movies, John Terry, aren't we lucky? He signed on a this, bonus contract. Like, <laughs> oh, 
This is Felix Leiter here. <laughs> the Felix um, Leiter, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> a Felix Leiter. Uh, a genuine Felix Leiter. A genuine Felix Leiter, yeah. But since they got Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Hello, old buddy. Well, uh, as Christian Shepherd. Yeah, why I not? I can see that. You know? I can see that, honestly. On, yeah, I, you know. Hello, old buddy. Daniel Craig is Jack Shepard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Timothy Dalton actually, actually, that's a great casting call there. I can oh. see it. Sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> Pierce Brosnan is Boone. Well. No, no Pierce... George Lazenby is Boone. Pierce Brosnan is Ben. Uh, who's Roger Moore? Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> Quite illuminating rooms. He had the one-liners, though. Maybe he's Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, hello there, Freckles. No, he's not Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't agree. (laughs) Hello there, Freckles. (laughs) General Sawyer. (laughs) Um, Sean Connery as... As Desmond, of course. (laughs) Scott's brother. I love you, Penny. (laughs) (laughs) See you in another life. (laughs) I love you, Penny. (laughs) Brother. (laughs) David Niven. (laughs) (laughs) As Joanne. (laughs) Oh, God. David Nish. Hayden Christensen as, as the sand. <laughs> I like Sean Connery as death. Yeah, that works. I've always loved you, Penny. <laughs> Just let me call you on Christmas Day. <laughs> Christmas, Penny. What's your number, Penny? <laughs> Just tell me. Thanks, <laughs> Uses her as a human shield. <laughs> no, I was looking, just looking. I'm just looking, Penny. <laughs> shocking, Penny. Positively shocking. Does anybody have a pen? <laughs> this never happened to the other boon. <laughs> this never happened to Jack. <laughs> um, Roger Moore. Uh, hello there, Frumble. <laughs> <laughs> Quite still, illuminating still <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Roger Moore should have been Obi Wan Kenobi. Hello there. Yeah. Uh, screw Alan Guinness. Quite, um, d- quite. Remember owning some illuminating droids. Um, Brosnan can be Jacob. <laughs> oh, Brosnan's um, better than Jacob. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Walt. <laughs> Oh, this is... Or he could be Michael when he picks up Walt. Thought I'd forgotten you, eh? <laughs> Where I come from, Korean people don't like James Bond actors. <laughs> uh, but Daniel Craig is... As J- That's Jack. great, That's, the main, That's, That's the main one. Appendicitis? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. That's the only Daniel Craig impersonation I can do. Is sorry. <laughs> I'll just take my shirt you, off and grate some cheese on me. 
you would know if I was checking you out. <laughs> um, but where awesome. are we? This is the good scene. What are we doing? Um, <laughs> what are so we he doing? walks into the cabin and we see Timothy Dalton, Kristen Shepard sitting there uh, in, in the seat. Uh, and he introduces himself and says, I'm Christian. Uh, and he says Christian. he's speaking on behalf of Jacob. Shepherd Christian. Um, and tells Locke that he was chosen. Uh, this is where, where Locke looks over and, oh, who's that? Oh, just Claire sitting in the cabin. <laughs> oh, hello, John. It's so dumb. <laughs> I'm okay, John. It's me dad. <laughs> Have you met me papa for? Like, oh. And Locke's saying, oh, where's Aaron? Oh, don't worry about Aaron. Don't worry about Claire. Oh, yeah, I'm okay, John. It's so, like, her just sitting there, like, John Terry, he's a movie actor, sitting next to Emily DeRavin in the shadows. Oh, hello. That's embarrassing. That is pure, in- <laughs> like, you think of, like, the greats, like, this is like if just, I don't know, they got Emily DeRavin to do Shakespeare or something like that. It's just, it's just a stain on, on the world of acting, that there is Emily DeRavin with John Terry. To be or not to be, that is the baby. That, that, um, that is like getting Noah Groves to play up against the LeBron James Lakers. Like it's just, it's just you're not. In the now same there's place a reality here. show for Chapter Seven. <laughs> Groves versus James, <laughs> the iconic matchup finally is here. I've never heard of LeBron James before, but I'm always up for a challenge. Will this former fat kid go up against <laughs> this iconic basketball player? You're telling me you would not tune in? You seriously I, I would, would tune into that now. You would not tune in that. <laughs> Absolute heartbeat. I would want to see you get your ass whooped by LeBron James. You don't even know well, who LeBron James is. You'd be like, who is this guy? Channel 7, if you're listening. Oh, God, you you know that's going to be written up and scripted and piloted within a week. Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready. Jesus Christ. Can we film it in Korea? <laughs> yes, and as an added twist, they won't be on their whole court. It will be in Korea. <laughs> oh, K-pop's big these days. That's an in. It'll be LeBron Pop. <laughs> Channel 7. Take notes. LeBron style. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so this is uh, Christian tells him that people are on the 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 freighter are coming, um, and then Lock Locks uh, is saying, "Oh, you're wasting time," and said, "You need to ask the important question." And Lock, oh, how can I save the island? And <laughs> great Lock impersonation, love... <laughs> spot on. <laughs> Well, I was teenage law. Um, oh, right, of course. And I love Lostpedia says, Christian and Claire both smile in satisfaction. <laughs> Why do we need, like, that's not, that was that was Claire's angry smile. You can't even read her acting. I like her, them smiling satisfaction. That's, that's a subjective comment by Lostpedia. You can read this in multiple ways. But... How did you know that I was reading that and stuff? doing in satisfaction yeah I feel like we should edit that um, then there's an amazing scene of Hurley and Ben sharing an Apollo bar which isn't this just this is the greatest pairing isn't it yeah 
I just it just so random. Just I love the way Ben uh, Hurley just has this thing and takes a bite out of it. Just the staring that Ben has of him, and then just like slowly passes it to him. It's oh, it's so good. I'll be skipped over uh, the Dick of the Week uh, award that goes to Locke when he's saying... <laughs> I forgot to mention it when he's saying, did you ever wonder what happened to the Dharma Initiative? Do, do you ever wonder who made all that ranch dressing that you like to eat, Hurley? <laughs> Fat shaming. What a dick comment. The people who make all that ranch dressing that you like to eat. <laughs> Poor Dick Lock. A Dick Lock moment. Um, but Locke comes out and he tells them both, well, he wants us to move the island. <gasps> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Good cliffhanger. But also, like, has to be one of the most random cliffhangers. Like, what do you mean move the island? I, I, I could imagine that this is where casual Lost viewers who secretly hated this show were probably just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, they were just like, you know, Seriously? Seriously? They're going to move the island. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure you are. Like, it's and it's out there. The, those uh, hate-watching fans would be having a field day because no one in their right mind at this time was thinking in three episodes we were literally going to see the island get zapped away and ripples of water where the island wants to so and again like if you are uh, a casual observer of this show who maybe like watched it a bit in the first season trailed off and a flicking channels on <coughs> channel seven on a thursday night whenever this used to air and you see that line like you are gonna be straight on the, <laughs> oh god this so, show so stupid there was a pile of beer and now they're gonna move it What's Hurley going to do? Pick it up and carry it down to Southeast Asia? Thank God Twitter was not a big thing at oh this time. Oh, my God. Jesus. Um, that would be a... Wow. Yeah, but... Season 4 finale is whack. <laughs> I like the season 4 finale, but this is when Lost gets really weird. Um, and I just also love the fact that we're literally going to have the fact that this island is time-travelling because its wheel is off its axis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Okay. Don't you love Lost? I, I, mean, I do love this show, but like, I often think when I'm watching the earlier seasons, like, there's a small like little hole in the ground with like a plug and a gold glowing stream somewhere on this island. There's a wheel <laughs> that's literally teetering on the brink because this could time travel at any moment. Just while you know <laughs> Boone's looking for a pen, um, <laughs> you know, just Joanne's drowning. Innocent lost days when all this mysterious stuff is happening. Little did they know. That's like that uh, How It Should Have Ended video. It's like, you know, oh, maybe one of you could drink one of these, uh, you know, eternity water in six seasons. <laughs> right away. Yeah. For the record, I love Lost. So do it's I. Good but, like, again, <laughs> um, with moments like this, you can see why it got criticised. Again, it's brilliant. Like, I love it. But, like, we're going to move yeah. the island. Sure you are. And I'm going to give birth to Ian Summerholder. But I think I was such a loyalist fan that at this point I just accepted yeah. anything that happened in yeah. this show. Me too. Like Whether or not that's a good or a bad thing, I was pretty much just like, well, yeah, all right. I survived the cougar in 24. I can survive this. You survived the cougar in 24 and you survived Stranger in a Strange Land. After that, <laughs> you, could be, you could be a big fan of the island. 
I am. I binged it in the last week and during our travels around the world with hashtag cycle for boon. I binged it on the plane. I've watched it five times. When are they going to bring back the coup? Do you wonder if anyone has ever rewatched the island? Like, do you think somebody watched all of it <laughs> and then was like, "Yeah, I'm going to rewatch oh. that again"? <laughs> like, oh, uh, if if you have, please get in touch. <laughs> Actually, don't. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you the number of a therapist. You need it. How many Emmys um, did the island win the other week? <laughs> the island season two couldn't come soon. Manifest suddenly sounding like the greatest show. Manifest is like Golden Globe winning material. Manifest got renewed. Yeah, well, so it should. It's classic TV compared to the island. Yeah, it's the golden age. The anyway, uh, onto the boat. Um, oh, Kate Bosworth the- is in it. That's why it's so shit. Sorry. Uh, Kimi and his team have arrived back on the freighter. Um, and then Kimi wants to know uh, to Saeed about everyone on, on on the island and what's happening. But this is where good old Grant Bowler shows up. And it's like, oh. he's not the he's not the spy. He doesn't know anything. I know who it is. So this is when they, uh, Grant Bowler takes Kimi downstairs and... Poor old Michael's handcuffed up. Kimi just goes ape on Michael, like kicks his bed over, and poor old Michael. Um, and then saying to Michael, "Do you know who I am?" Uh, uh, and then Michael reveals, "Yeah, I'm the spy. I told everything." And this is pretty dark. Kimi pulls out his gun and shoots Michael, <laughs> like five Luckily, times too. Well, luckily, it must be the same gun that Michael tried to use in <laughs> New York. Um, and then Grant Bowler, we can't kill him because he's he's the one who broke the engines. He's the only one who can fix them. Um, so good for Michael, at least. Um, frustrated, Kimi punches Michael in the face. Uh, Kimi, we've already said it, but Kimi's great in this episode. Um this is when Kimi, Kimi's going to Grant Bowler and he wants the key, which Grant Bowler refuses. Uh, so he just takes it from him. So it turns out they each have one key, which they must open together. It's protocol. Uh, but Kimi says, well, you're here, aren't you? Which he's got a point. Uh, and, and this is their, their backup plan. Uh, to, to get Ben, uh, so he's reading reading what to do, um, and then he tell, <laughs> tells Grant Bowler to fix his gun, <laughs> yeah. which I Did guess that's the captain's Fix my gun. <laughs> I love that. Fix my gun while you're at it. Uh, uh, where are we at? So, uh, uh, oh, this is where uh, Omar is told to go down to the armory to to get to Kimi, and the captain says, I'll watch them. Uh, And then this is where we get the redeeming Grant Bowler, the big bad captain that we've heard so much about. tough guy. The stay away from the captain. This is where he goes in, Desmond Saeed, you have to hide downstairs. I've I've put some food there for you. That's just Uh, Grant Bowler again. That wasn't his script. That was just Grant Bowler. That that was ad-libbed by Grant Bowler. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, uh, Naveen, I've put some food downstairs remember, for you. Remember when he was just bashing that guy the other week? Don't leave the boat! 
<laughs> this is the life and times. I know we'll, we'll eulogise him, but we can kind of do a bit here. First episode. Oh, stay away from him. He's so bad. We meet him. Oh, yes, I'll tell you everything. Second episode. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> You're not leaving the boat. Third episode. Fix my gun. Oh, I've hidden some food for you. That, that's the, the life and times of Captain Galt. Still a more um, varied and in-depth storyline than some characters on this show. I mean, you know, <laughs> Saeed in a couple of seasons. <laughs> oh, good. I like that he has redemption, though, old Grandpa Ola. Um, and then Saeed is saying, well, well, uh, we can't hide. We need to start ferrying people because Kimi's going to just... I love the... It's getting really tense, this episode. It's just like, Kimi's going to fly the island and just kill everyone. Um, Can we just point out one quick... Is it a plot hole that Grant Bowler's bashing people not to get in the boat because they get going crazy and sick, but now we're just like, yeah, all right, get in the boat. I think this was before Kimi absolutely lost the plot. It was going to blow up the island. I just um, want Grant Bowler to start bashing up Desmond and say, I said no, but he leaves <laughs> the boat! Didn't you hear me last episode? Um, uh, but then Sai is here. you got to give me your Zodiac. Uh, the only way is if we start throwing people back and forth. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like that. Like, don't leave the boat. Okay. Uh, uh, so Frank's he's helping Michael. Um, uh and then he's saying, you can't let Kimi go back to the island. Kimi's going to kill everyone. It's getting really tense. Like, the stuff on the boat this episode is great. Uh, and that's when they kind of... It's like they've walked on in, in on him and Omar getting up doing the dirty or something. <laughs> the awkwardness when they... Like, can you imagine that subplot? Like They walk in and Kimi and Omar it. are lovers. <laughs> uh, they a very angry sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kimi and Omar. Kimi's uh, the bottom. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, they walk in. It's very awkward. They see that they're attaching some device uh, to Omar, uh, to Kimi. And it's just like, shut the door. You didn't see anything. <laughs> um, I like, this is kind of a touching moment. Desmond says to Syed, I've spent three years on that island. I'm not leaving this boat ever. Or I'm not leaving to the island. I like that. Like, we, we forget that when Desmond left in episode four, episode five, that's the last time he's on the island until season six. Uh, he spends most of his time on the boat or off the island from here on out. And so he should, Sean Connery. Yeah. So he should. Uh, I'm so close to finding Penny. I cannot you- go on that island. Random thing. Did you know that Nesta Carbonell was a major role in the 90s sitcom Suddenly Susan? I did not know that. And he was also in Veronica's I... Closet. Oh. What was he doing in there? <laughs> He's with Kimi and... Um... Sorry. Well, I've got I... a question. When are going to bring back answer. Suddenly Susan? <laughs> suddenly? Susan. <laughs> They're going to bring it back Suddenly. Well, Brooke Shields isn't doing marketing. much anymore, so she still looks great. I would gladly watch. I used to randomly watch, like, Suddenly Susan. It was all in the late 90s. It was all about the 
the random actress who was famous for five minutes earlier that decade getting their own sitcom. You had Brooke Shields and Suddenly Susan. You had Kirstie Alley and Veronica's Closet. You had Christina Applegate and Jesse. Why not? Bring back Suddenly Susan. What was, um, uh, what's her name? Leah Thompson in Caroline in the City. Don't bring back Caroline in the City. Yeah, she, she's been in the city too long. Caroline in the Bush. Bring back Cynthia Watros in the city. Oh, can you watch um, her YouTube show, please? I'm too busy. I'm helping Boone save the world. True. Uh, I will watch it. I promise. Um, I'm going to hold you to that promise now. A promise is a okay. promise. Uh, so, so Desmond's not going. So Saeed, okay, bye bye. And I love it's pretty epic the shot of Saeed leaving on the boat, don't you think? Like action man Saeed. Which again no one sees him? Like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess at this point have they left on the chopper or no, they haven't left yet. So But isn't who's looking out the water or something? Like, doesn't he the uh, Yeah, so he's off. I think that's pretty epic. Um I agree. And that that's a good setup for the finale, just seeing Saeed drive off. Um it's getting really tense. Uh, Kimi and that are getting ready for the helicopter. Uh, this is a classic case of this dialogue. Like, come on, treat treat the, the viewers a bit more respect. When Omar's saying to the doctor, Hey, doctor, <laughs> do you remember when they got the Morse code message and they said you were dead, but here you are alive? Oh, I wonder if anything's going to happen with that. <laughs> yep, nothing at all. Come on. We weren't quite in that era of television yet where they could treat the viewers with a little bit more more respect. Um, uh, so there's where Epic Lapidus who's saying that uh, he's refusing to take Kimi. And, you know, Lapidus has got a point. I'm the only doctor... Uh, pilot you can't do anything or you're never going to get back to the island but then Kimi's rebuttal pretty damn good (laughs) grabs the doctor slits his throat uh pushes him in so that answers that of well time is moving different on the island to off the island I like that little subplot. But at the end of the day, like, I guess Lapidus is a nice enough human being that he's going to care he doesn't want these people dying but at the end of the day like it doesn't really matter either does it like it's kind of like he could just look at it at, at Kimmy's go, so keep killing him. Like <laughs> next person. Next you just, person. You, next mate, you person. Just, you've killed a doctor, so cool. You can't I could shoot you right now and you're not gonna get fixed, <laughs> are you? Then go kill Kimmel your mercenaries, because you're just gonna lose anyone. Like he, like legitimately could just stand there and just keep going. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Um but it, it's a good rebuttal to Frank's Well, I'm the only pilot. Um uh, I like that kind of, other than the obvious dialogue, I like the conclusion to the Doctor plotline. Um, a little mini subplot just fleshing out the island's kind of weirdness that wasn't necessary but helped. Um, so then Kimi's going Kimi's gonna to take them. Um, uh, then we hear a big gunshot and Scrap Bowler and say, I fixed your gun. Uh, and this is... His last moment of redemption, as Captain Galt says, stand down, Kimi, or I'll shoot you. Uh, and then Kimi shows the device that they were r- rigging up. He said, uh, 
well, he doesn't actually explain it until next week, right? But then, oh, poor old <laughs> Kimi. Kimi, the ultimate villain, shoots our Grant Bowler dead. No. Um, Great dramatic acting by Grant Bowler there. Like, seriously. The look of <gasps> pain. <laughs> and then it falls to the ground. <laughs> I. It's sad that we're done, but I can't believe we had Grant Bowler in Lost. And I'm happy for it. I remember watching this season, seeing him and like, oh my god, it's Grand Bowler! Um, but yeah, like, it, it is great. Like, in all seriousness, I fucking love Grand Bowler. I've always loved the man. He's just, he's such an awesome guy. And it's exciting to have him in this show that we love. So, yeah, I, it's, pff, there's nothing to eulogize him. He punched people. He was evil, not really. Um, Three episodes. But, like, this is a thing, though, like, he he's never going to be an A-lister in Hollywood. Uh, there's still time. But, uh, you know, he's he's had he's kind of like a younger Alan Dale. He's just kind of there. Maybe not as prominent as Alan Dale, and he actually plays different characters. But, you know, I think he was in some sci-fi show, wasn't he, which he kind of had a bit of a fan base mm. with. Obviously, New Zealand, he's pretty well known for Outrageous Fortune. Um, and, you know, Australia, clearly, he's alone for a lot of shows. He still does. Border Security is a voice of it. So... Um, but, like, I, I could imagine that he would have some fans out there who know him from Lost. Like, you know, Losties would Definitely. be like, oh, my God, it's the captain. So, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm glad, too, that his character is, like, you know who his character is. Like, oh, he was the captain of the boat. Like, straight away, you know who you're talking about. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not the greatest character, but for three episodes, he's memorable. It's great to have Grant Bowler. It's a bit inconsistent of, like, he's the meanest man on Earth, but... Um, he gets his redemption in the end. It would have been nice to have a bit more of him, but we also didn't really need that much more. He would have been um, a good Kimi. <laughs> he could have been Kimi, but Kimi's good Kimi yeah, as well. Kimi's great as Kimi. Like, I wouldn't change Kimi, but just, yeah. Um, just some theories. Captain Galt is engaged to Penny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can see it. Yes. Uh, oh, theories. Captain Galt is the captain of a freighter. What? Not the man Widmore would found worthy. Ah, uh, it's another response one. <laughs> Some person said he's re- engaged to Penny. Another person responded, he's a captain of a freighter, not the man Widmore would find worthy. I um, they were just saying his name is Grant Bowler. Oh. Galt is a possible double agent, Ooh, working for both Widmore and Penny. Uh, Galt took the job because he knew Naomi, Miles, Faraday, Charlotte, Lapidus, Kimi, and Omar. Oh, and he knew they would kill everyone on the island. He was hired by Ben to protect the island. Uh, not much going on here, but rest in peace, Captain Galt. Great to have Grant Bowler on the show. You've interviewed Grant Bowler, haven't you? I have, and... Uh, Did you talk about Lost? Oh, look, that was nearly 10 years ago, if I'm being... I probably did. Well, that but... was probably prime Lost period. For... But, I mean, I... I, I the two things I remember the most about it was that I rang him, and he was in Los Angeles at the time, and he was driving when I rang him, and he was he was so <laughs> goddamn nice. He was like, oh, you know, like, oh, hi, Ben, great to chat to you. I'm just, I'm just driving, just, oh, I really need to find somewhere to pull over. Like, oh, I know we're meant to talk now, but just, like, please bear with me. And, like, it was just so apologetic. <laughs> and, like, found a place to pull over to chat with me. Um, and then I remember talking to him about... 
Because I know in Always Greener, he got killed by eating a bee. <laughs> <laughs> like, he he was the evil neighbor. Like, he was the, the neighbor in the city who one of the characters was, like, you know, hooking up with. But then the woman's son was friends with Grant Bowler's son, but then found out that Grant Bowler was, like, bashing the son. So, he, like, he was a prick. Um, so the evil comeuppance was um, the daughter saw him eating an apple and saw a bee on the apple, and they were being like, you know, he was being really sinister and evil. She saw the bee but didn't tell him, so then he bit into the apple and bit the bee, and it turned out that he was allergic to bees, so he died that way. Um, and then there was another weird death that he had had, and he was just basically talking about how he enjoyed being killed off in weird ways. Because he kind of almost is like a Sean Bean. He's always dying in the shows that he's in. So This is his best death. <laughs> no, eating a bee is the best death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but rest in peace. It was great having Grant on the show. Um, can't believe it's done. Uh, bring back Grant Bowler. Uh, so anyway, the choppers head off and we, we're led into the... We're heading into the finale with the cliffhanger of moving the island and the choppers coming to blow everyone up. I can't wait for the finale. Um, well, it's, it's a good setup. Three-parter again, isn't it? Yeah. One of the only two three-parters. Um, one episode aired on one night and then the part two and part three aired the week after. So it is a three-parter, but it's kind of broken up. Um and I think it was supposed to be two, but they just begged to have three, and it was lost, so they let them. Um, just some trivia. The satellite phone lands on Claire's tent. <laughs> can, they, can, they, say, can they just remove the word tent? The satellite phone landed on Claire. <laughs> uh, this, is the ah! first ep- this is the first episode since DOC and the last in the show to solely feature pre-crash flashbacks of a survivor. Oh, oh, interesting. Uh, did you did you notice the Geronimo Jackson poster in Locke's locker? I didn't, but actually one thing that I forgot to mention last week, I did notice the Millennium Falcon toy that Jack stood on. Oh, yeah. Could see us pick up on that one. <laughs> it's all those messages uh, we got sent in from all our fans. Oh, yeah. Horace mentions that he's been dead for 12 years, which is maybe an inconsistency because the purge either happened in 1992 or 1988. So maybe it should be 14, uh, 16 years, not 12. So potential inconsistency there. Um, Let's see. Uh, Not a lot going on. When Richard Alpert visits young Locke, we see pictures of birds on the living room. They appear to be the same birds that Walt saw in his book in special. Oh, yeah, we didn't also note notice the drawing that Locke drew oh, of the smoke, smoke monster. monster. Yeah, That's yeah. dumb. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I don't mind the others visiting and destiny and stuff like that, but Locke having weird smoke monster visions is just weird for the sake of being weird. Um, this is the last Locke-centric episode, not to start with the word the. Well, there's not many left. So. <laughs> Oh God! We should have we should have paid more attention to this episode. I feel like this is a special occasion, not the last one with the word "the" in it. Here you go. You were like this. This is Emily Draven's last appearance in the original On Island timeline until the season six episode "What Kate Does." Yes. 
We forget that she's gone for season five. <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> she just leaves. Mama, um, yeah, was that, that explained? Was that like a thing that Emily DeRaven actually wanted to leave, or was it just a? I don't think she wanted to leave, but they did announce in the real world, oh, she'll be gone for season five. <laughs> what did she That's do? Just having a year off your job. <laughs> what did she do? Go back and learn to act. It is a bit weird that if you're on a hit show and they just tell you, oh, you're coming back, but you're having a year off. Like, sweet. Um, yeah, so that's Cabin Fever. Uh, do we have any questions or answers? How are they going to move the island? I guess so, but that's a very next week type question. Well, I don't know. I just want to be right every now and then. <laughs> Why is Richard visiting Locke? Yeah, I guess that could be one. Yeah, in your face. <laughs> why is Richard visiting Locke? Uh, why is Grant Bowler so awesome? Oh, we don't need it. That's not a question. That's a, <laughs> it's that's an a statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Richard <laughs> is the main one. Yeah, I just read from a couple of weeks ago. Um... <laughs> Lost season four, episode nine. Question: The baby cake crying sound is coming to <laughs> Still, don't have an answer for that. What does it mean? All right, let's get into rankings. Um, yeah, coming off something nice back home, about to go into the finale. What are we going to do with cabin fever? I am going to give it a low buy. Um. I like this episode. It's fine. It goes by quickly. I like the lock stuff. I the boat stuff is tense. Um, you know, really setting us up as well. Um, yeah, I and the the sort of the stuff with the cabin is great. The the the, the whole move the island thing is a big WTF moment enough that you really are wondering what the hell's going on. So. Yeah, low buy. I've ranked this at the number that is. 42, which is just below Catch-22 and just above my beloved Hearts and Minds. Um, which I bought, everyone. Remember, I bought Hearts and Minds. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a low buy to... Um, good I think it works really well as a good setup for the finale. Um, I, I quite like the flashback format for Locke. Uh, and seeing Locke from all different periods of his life uh, and bringing in Richard back, who it's been a long time since we've seen Richard. Um, and the stuff on the boat is just pure. It's great. From the all the key, badass Kimi moments to badass Lapidus and badass Grant Bowler and badass Saeed on the boat and knowing that they're on a chopper about to just wreak havoc on the island, that's exciting. Um so I think it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting setup, and also Christian in the cabin. So all around, there's a lot of good stuff that really gets us amped for the season finale. So low buy for me too. Yeah. Uh, for cabin fever, which means heading in, can you believe it? I mean, we've technically still got three episodes left, but we are technically into the finale next week. This season well, we're all going to air on the same fun. day, folks. So. Um. Can you believe it? Um, no. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm amped. 
it seems like we were just doing through the looking glass and now we're doing the finale. Uh, but I love the finale. I, all the lost finales. I really enjoy lost finales. are like movies and this is a great one as well. So I'm excited to get back into this and see what happens with Kimi and the big final showdown. So lots of pack this packed three episodes, something nice. Uh, there's no place like home. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited too, Noah. And I'm looking forward to it. It will be interesting. Um, there, there's a lot going on as per usual, and I, I like uh, what we get. And the cliffhanger and the final one is um, quite an interesting cliffhanger. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but um, yes, I'm looking forward to it. It will be good. Yeah. In the meantime. We have to go back and give us some feedback and all that jazz. We have to go feedback. Um, uh, tell us if you loved or hated Cabin Fever, your favourite moments, uh, whether or not you want to share a chocolate bar with Hurley and Ben. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> share my... Yeah. It's been another fun one. Hashtag cycle with boo, baboon. Um yeah, and, and and see you next week. Uh, Lost, season four, almost done. What fun we've been having. Uh, in the meantime, my name is Noah, and rest in peace, Grandpa. And my name is Ben, and I'm just going to go snap an eraser. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs>